Father, we just come to you. It is written, the entrance of your word brings light. And you are light. I pray, Father, today once again you would shine your light into our inmost being, Lord. Constantly showing us things in our inner man, in our soul, still not redeemed, still not cleansed. Ideas, opinions, thoughts that are contrary to your word. For your word is life. That we may repent, believe, appropriate the life of Jesus might increase in us each day. Because in that life there is power, there is rest in that life alone. So we have come once again, Lord, to you. Speak to us, teach us, enable us, empower us to live it out, O Lord. Because you are not only the author of our faith, you are also the finisher and the perfecter of our faith, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you were there with us on Sunday uh, morning service, we saw the most difficult part for a person before salvation, after salvation. In this road, most difficult part is the forsaking of self. That part. People will forsake almost everything, almost everything, except what touches their self. All our problems, our troubles are connected to that. So the message of salvation itself begins by touching us there with that word called repent. And repent is something which we begin our salvation life with. And end also one day constantly giving up that opinion, that idea, that desire that is connected to that, changing a will connected to that towards God. Repentance is a complete change ultimately of our soul. In our soul exist three parts primarily, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and also our desires. So in Entirely one day, if it can be changed to the image of Jesus Christ, like him, then we can say, I have been saved to the uttermost. But the word repent, when it was preached under the law, that is John the Baptist, and preached by Jesus, was not the same. It was different. What the law demanded when John preached was repent for the kingdom of God is here. Luke chapter 3 and verse 3. Remember, John is the last in the line of the prophets under the Mosaic law. So he went all through the country around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. He's the last one. And with him the law will end. But you have to look at, from verse 7 onwards, his message of repentance, the response it elicited. Okay? Verse 7 onwards. Then he said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, brood of vipers, who want you to flee from the wrath to come? 
Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from the stones. Even now the axe is laid to the trees, root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, what shall we do then? He answered and said to them, he who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. He who has food, let him do likewise. The tax collectors also came to him to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? He said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, What shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, but be content with your wages. So if you see, under the law, when John preached, when he said, Repent for the kingdom of God is here. The response of the people always said, what shall we do? What shall we do? Now see the difference when Jesus starts preaching. Preaches, sounds the same message. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 is when he also preaches. 4.17 From that time, Jesus began to preach to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at Hand. Now turn to Luke chapter 4 and verse 17 to 21. See the difference. He was handed the book of prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives Recovery of sight to the blinds, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He to proclaim the acceptable ear of the Lord, then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he said, began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So if you go back to verse 18, when he preaches the message of repentance, this is what he says. I am. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I will do it. I will heal the brokenhearted. I will free the captives. I will give sight to the blind. I will set free those who are oppressed. And you see the shift from the law to grace. Under law, Paul, um, John said, repent. When they came there, well, he was mad at them, brood of vipers and all that. He said, what shall we do? He said, do. Jesus doesn't say do. He says, I will do. You can't do. You can't do. I will do. That is this entire difference between the law and grace. And even when the same word is used, it is different. That without God, I can't even repent. It's not about doing, it is about being. You will see an incredible portion in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 5, when Paul goes to Ephesus. Okay? And it happened when Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper regions came, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. These are disciples. Okay? He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They have been convicted by the Holy Spirit. They have believed. But they don't know there is a Holy Spirit. 
Because the Holy Spirit doesn't go and say, Papa, you are saved, it's me who saved you. He doesn't say that. Okay? He doesn't start something is called Holy Spirit Ministries. He doesn't do that. He's the one who does every ministry, but he keeps quiet and talks about Jesus. He said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. So Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him, who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So even the baptism was completely different. John's baptism was only preparing a people to receive Jesus. He didn't save anybody. And there are a lot of people who are saved, but their actual baptism in their mind was the baptism of Jesus Christ, of John. They think the baptism saves them. And therefore they have not received the Holy Spirit. And they still are confused with the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Because the baptism they received, they thought the baptism saves them. No. The baptism we received is the baptism we got after we were saved, which Jesus took, so that righteousness would be fulfilled in us. It had got nothing to do with repentance. We were repented, we were saved, and we fall obeyed Jesus in the waters of baptism. And then you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And after that, they were baptized. They all received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you need to realize the same word in the Bible can mean something else under law and something under grace. So you have this. They asked, repent and what should we do? And John said, do, 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 do. What should we do? They asked Jesus. John chapter 6. Verse 28 and 29. They also asked Jesus the same question. Then they said to him, what shall we do? That we may work the works of God. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. What should you do? Believe in him whom he sent. He says, the age of grace does not begin by doing. It begins by believing in what I will do. You don't do anything. You have to first, the most difficult part for you is, all of you who are under the law, you will struggle to do what I tell you to do. Forget the law. Believe in what I do. Get rid of yourself. Get rid of yourself. Believe in me. Meaning what? Believe in my me, in my work alone for your salvation. Everything demanded by the Lord, do, 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 to be declared righteous, I have fulfilled. So you have to believe in my life. And for everything you have gone wrong, you have to believe in my death, that I paid the price. And you have to believe death also has been overcome. Wages of sin is death. So you have to believe in my resurrection. You know what? It hits you like a hammer if you are a man who worked all your life under the law. That is what Isaiah God is prophetically telling Isaiah 64 and verse 6. For we are all like an unclean thing. We are an unclean thing. All our righteousness are like filthy rags. Our righteousness. This is the truth about grace. When grace and truth comes, 
all the righteousness we did under the law is just like filthy rags. And for the dear ones who are listening for the first time, the actual word in Hebrew is, it is like menstrual rags. That's the word that is used, like that. Good for nothing, not even rubbish. Your righteousness to come into God's presence, to be counted worthy to enter into heaven. That is what it is like. So the word repent in the old covenant was easier than the word repent in the new covenant. What should I do? Okay, what are you? Tax collector. Okay, how much has the Roman asked? Ten drachmas. Okay, don't take eleven. That's all. Okay, fine. Thank you. Okay, from tomorrow onwards, I will only take ten. Soldier. Okay, what are you? Soldier. Okay, do this. And you have two coats. Okay, wear one. Give one. Ah, thank you. And then Jesus comes. Repent. What does that mean? Get rid of all that you have done. Everything that you have done in your life. Don't put your trust in any of this thing, even to think that you will get entry into heaven. No, you will have to put your entire trust in what I have done. Then you are saved. Now you ask me this question. If you preach this message, who will accept it easily? The priest or the prostitute? Prostitute. That's why when Jesus preached, all the tax collectors and prostitutes were around him. And the priests and the Pharisees hated this message because they lived off the law. They lived by the law and they lived off the law. Because if the law is gone, there are no more offerings. What do you do? No more offerings left. So they lived by the law and they lived (coughs) off the law. So can I have my train back? I love my train. Okay, Sammy, you never know when it will be useful. Okay, my railway is starting tomorrow again. I am the happiest man in India, though I won't be traveling. The trains will be back again. Hmm? Only some trains, not all trains. But uh, trains are starting. So please understand. <clears throat> when salvation begins, yeah. When salvation begins, this is my model. Okay. Pastor Vijay used many models in his lab. I am just picking one from of his models. Okay? So please remember, here you are, spirit detached, dead. And this is the old man, soul and body, going that way. Okay? So when you actually, with your entire soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, believe in what Jesus has said. Lord, I put my entire weight on your work. Repent from everything you have believed, everything you have done to earn salvation, one, good works, every bad work you have done, both, repent of both, and with all your mind, with all your soul, literally, soul, mind, will, believe in Jesus Christ, either, bhatti jalte. Okay, now this has come alive. Now begins the journey of discipleship. Why? The soul has to be renewed. So it will get the signals from the spirit and able to process and decipher it. 
Otherwise, what will happen? Lot of people, what will happen? They are born again, but they still go that way. Because the soul is not to get any signal. It's not able to read it. They may be 60 years old. They may be 70 years old. They may be 80 years old. All babies in Jesus Christ still living by the soul and not by the spirit. The soul cannot process signals from the spirit unless the soul is processed by the word of God. Because the spirit of God only receives the word of God. And this is our struggle. This is our struggle. So you believed with your soul, actually. You believed with your soul. And man under the law, or any man in the world, when the gospel is being preached, he's receiving it with his soul. But he's convicted in his soul. The Holy Spirit does a work in the soul. And he says, what should I do? What should I say? What does Peter say? Believe in the Lord Jesus. He doesn't say, do, 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 do. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And be baptized, meaning die to your old man. Die to that old self. Something happens. The Holy Spirit comes. Okay? That is what James chapter 1 verse 18 says. 180. Out of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creature. Let me explain to you. When a husband and a wife come together, let us say, no? Conception takes place. When conception takes place, sometimes the woman has no clue at all. Something has taken place in the womb. The seed and the egg have come together and fertilized, but she has no clue. When does she actually know when her natural process of life ceases? And she says, you know what, I have missed it. I have missed it. Something of our old life ceases and she is aware, I have missed that old life. Why has it missed? Because new life has begun in her. Okay? So sometimes, like conception, okay, just con- and then suddenly everything starts changing. She starts feeling nauseous, she loses her appetite, or appetite changes for other things. Suddenly, you know what, that life which you can't even see is starting to change your entire home. Your entire life is being determined by something which you can't even see. Even if you go for a scan, you won't see. <laughs> okay? Scan is how many weeks? Six weeks? Yeah. First day when it is conceived, if you go for a scan, nobody will know. But it is there. You also did not know, but it happened. But slowly what is happening... Everything is changing now. So when our young ladies in the church and all, they'll call Ma, they'll call Papu, this thing is Ma will say, now, listen carefully, okay? Start drinking milk. I don't like milk. Drink milk. Your baby needs calcium. Everything is changing. Now you're not eating for yourself. You're not eating for yourself. Though you are eating, Yet you are eating for that person that is growing in you. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. Okay? Everything is changing. Why? Because you are guarding new life. You are protecting new life. You are feeding new life. And you start making all the changes. All the changes which is connected with that new life. So we we have to understand this very, very carefully. When Jesus is preaching the gospel, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 
He's preaching to people who are under the law. So they don't understand when he's preaching like we understand today. They understood what he preached only later. When he's preaching to them, he's not understanding it. They are not understanding at all because the Holy Spirit has not birthed them from within. So Luke 24, 45 says, After he rose again, breathed upon them, said, Receive the Holy Spirit. What did he do? He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now they are understanding the scriptures. Okay? Till that happens, we don't comprehend scripture. That doesn't mean they are understood the whole scripture. Now they are starting to understand the scriptures. Oh, this is what it meant. This is Isaiah 11. This is what it meant. This is Isaiah 9. Oh, this is the transition between Isaiah 39 and 40. Now they are understanding. Oh, this is all about you. Till then they did not understand. So please don't judge them too harshly. Okay, so why? Because the entire Bible, including the Genesis record to Revelation, is written for those who are born again. That's what First Corinthians ten eleven says. It is written to the people of the new covenant who are born. All these things happen to them as examples, but they were written for our learning, our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Otherwise, there was no need to write it. Why was it written? So that we would learn. It was written. Happened to them, but written for us. Written for us. So does that mean they did not understand those things? Yes and no. They understood. But they could never understand it the way we understand. That is, the people under the new covenant after the day of Pentecost. Why? Because of the spirit within us. That's what Jesus meant in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and we will be in you. Okay, so the Holy Spirit comes when you are born again and he starts opening up the word for us so that it becomes life. So, but remember, even those who are born again will see differently or will receive the truth of the word differently because of different stages. So, First Peter chapter 2. Verses 2 and 3 will put it across this way. Now that you are born again, you have new life inside. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That you may grow thereby. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, something has happened. You were under the law till yesterday. Maybe you are 50 years old. But today you are born again. And now when you read the word, it tastes good. Have you seen children, little little children drink milk? Gum, 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 gum. When the bottle finished, in Malayalam, our mother says, Madhyada, Madhyada, enough. It's okay. The father will ask, what did you do? Did you add water to do it? He's still hungry. So you give a little more. Like newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word. That is for the soul. The soul is being renewed. It really wants the word of God. 
there is a hunger created supernaturally by the one of the primary signs of somebody who is genuinely born again it is hunger for the word they always tell people otherwise you're still under the old religion you cannot be born any baby who does not drink milk there's something wrong with the baby you will run to the pediatrician my baby is not drinking my baby is not drinking my baby is not drinking how can you be born again by the word and not be thirsty for the word okay now begins a part 2 of salvation which we call it sanctification which is connected entirely with the soul now put this whole thing as soul you have your mind you have your will and you have your emotions your feelings desires everything remember everything has to be sanctified everything has to be changed renewed by the word of god not only your mind your will and your emotions also will change appropriately according to the word of god it will change your emotions won't be like before you can't say yeah i love the word i have grown in the word but i'm still an emotional no your emotions change everything changes because the word of god when it saves your soul it's a complete work of the holy spirit okay because now you are on the road to discipleship okay let's look at the pattern in the old covenant sorry new covenant 2000 years ago from the great master himself matthew chapter 4 verse 18 to 20 And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brothers Simon called Peter Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen Yeah then he said to them follow me and I will make you fishers of men Okay did you get it once you are born again what does your god say follow me He is a doesn't say do 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 he says follow me and learn of me imitate me that is a disciple john never called anybody to follow him anybody who came he had disciples but he didn't call anybody to follow him anybody came to he said do 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 and he left them jesus hasn't say that he says follow me follow me and what will i teach you i will teach you make make fishers of men what will happen as you learn my life the holy spirit will start imitating my life in you automatically others will start following you what do you become you become fishers of men because in him was life and that life was the light of men so what will people do they will start following your light to walk in darkness what do you need light what happened jesus said you become the light of the world and others in darkness will start following your light and before you know what is happening the church is birthing disciples everywhere okay it's by following let's continue okay What does he do? What did what do they do? They straight away left their nets and followed him. Okay? Think about the net as discarding all our preconceived opinions, ideas of life, what we caught in the world. We have to discard that. In that net we caught many things, all kinds of fish, some turtles, some unclean things like which people love called shrimp, crab. Okay? All that we caught. God said don't discard them discard your net itself discard your net and follow me he's not asking us to do 
is asking us to follow. He's asking us to be. Be. Not do, but be. It's a difference in doing and being. Okay? And those who follow him. Let us see Matthew 5, verse 1 and 2. Those who follow him. What does he do? And seeing the multitudes, he went upon a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them. What does he do? He teaches them. Okay, teaches them. So please understand what the church is. The church is a place where people come to learn. Church is not a place for evangelism. It's not a place for evangelism. Evangelism, evangelism can take place inside the church, but the church is not a place for evangelism. Church is a place where Jesus teaches disciples. What does he teach? Primarily, how to think. That's what he teaches. Let's go to Romans 12 and verse 2. Okay? Now we are again dividing the soul, spirit and the body. Let's have one and two. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Living sacrifice. Put it on the altar. The holy, acceptable part and all we'll look at later, some other time. But just... Be still. Don't do anything. Just be still with your body. Okay? Do not be conformed to this world. What is the world? Primarily what is the world? Entire set of ideas. Don't be conformed to those ideas. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is being renewed. When your mind gets renewed, your will will get renewed. Your emotions also will get renewed. Because the world is a set of ideas and the kingdom of God is also an entire set of ideas called in a whole doctrine of Christ. That has to take place. However much it takes place is dependent upon your free will. God will not mess around with your free will. And how much it changes, the more you understand kingdom, understand no Christ. Because it is through the mind I perceive. Okay, the more my mind is renewed, the clearer I am able to understand what the spirit is speaking through the word. Or the spirit speaks directly. Understand. Okay, that's what you are saying because the language is the same. The mind has been renewed by the word of God and the spirit also speaks the same language. You are able to understand well. And what happens also is that as a mind is being renewed, you will also realize all your previous experiences were false. All those happiness, the peace, were all false. Before Jesus came into the picture, if you had asked Nicodemus, Shalom, Shalom, Nicodemus, how are you? Good. What are your expectations? Well, I'm expecting when heaven comes, pretty good position. My expectations are pretty good. I'm already in this Sanhedrin, pretty happy with my life, and I'm expecting at least a crown. After meeting Jesus, hi Nicodemus, how are you? Shalom, how do you feel? Terrible, why? I don't even know whether I'm saved. I don't even know whether I'm saved. So all your feelings, ideas, everything before Jesus he actually realizes it's not true. 
That's why I said, unless people encounter the living God, they'll be absolutely comfortable thinking they are going somewhere when they are going nowhere. You have to have an encounter with the living God to realize that all your preconceived ideas and feelings and happiness and success and peace are always false. Nothing was true. The only thing that is true is what you carry on to the other side. That is true. So once you put your trust in Christ and Christ alone, Jesus begins to teach. And we see the format straight up. We saw in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, all those who believed put their trust only in Jesus and they got baptized. What did they do? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. How did they do in the first century church? Seven days a week. What are we doing now because of a lockdown? Suddenly we got lockdown and we got a captive audience. God, God. Suddenly we got a captive audience. Remember, without a lockdown, Jesus, the church had a captive audience. With a lockdown, we got a captive audience. But the pattern is the same. What are we doing? Teach us seven days a week. Seven days a week, they were being taught the apostles' doctrine. What is the apostles' doctrine? The kingdom of God. And you want to be taught. Why? It's simply proof of the life inside. I want to eat. Why? Because my body wants it. My body has life. This body has a life on its own. So therefore, what does it want? It wants water. It wants food. It wants it. Why? Because I'm alive. I have never seen anybody feed a corpse. Have you seen anybody feeding a dead man? No. Because he neither wants food nor he wants water because he is dead. So are you spiritually alive? There's only one word, only one food available to that spiritual part of you. It is the word of God. And if you're going to feed that part of you for 30 minutes, once in seven days, what will be your state? What will be your eternal state? Think about it. So Jesus climbs up the mountain, he sits down, disciples follow, and he starts teaching them. So what do disciples need? They need teaching. What do they need to be taught about? What the kingdom of God is and what it is not. What the world is and what the kingdom of God is. What you were and what you are supposed to be, this both is constantly taught. Then in the middle of that incredible, most greatest sermon ever preached by man on earth, the man, son of man, Jesus himself, in the middle of this sermon, in chapter 6 of Matthew and verse 33, boom, the most well-known words we all know, but we get sometimes very familiar with it. But that doesn't change its intention, its meaning and its intent. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Seek first what? Kingdom of God. So if I have to seek the kingdom of God, I need to turn away from something else. What is that? The kingdom of this world. If I am not seeking the kingdom of God, I am seeking the kingdom of this world. So I have to turn away. That again is a repentance. Turning away from the kingdom of this world and putting first and seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness as opposed to the righteousness under the law by good works. So don't try start doing good works immediately. 
Don't go back under the law. I want to do good works. No, that is seeking a righteousness that is under. Seek his righteousness alone. How does that come? By faith alone. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. Okay, please understand. And the kingdom of God is absolutely diametrically opposed to the kingdom of this world. That is the ideas of the world. Though they may have many things in common in terms of principles, the kingdom of world and the kingdom of God may have many principles which are common. But these kingdoms are diametrically opposing each other. Principles may be there, many may be common. I'll explain to you. Imagine mafia, the cartel, and NYPD, New York Police Department. Okay, Mafia says, loyalty is good. Police says, loyalty is good. Discipline is good. Discipline is good. Training is good. Training is good. But they are fighting each other. Is the principles are the same. Mafia says, don't steal from us. NYPD tells the cops, don't steal. Are they saying the same thing? But do you know they are opposed to each other? Absolutely, totally opposed to each other. This is the difference which we need to understand. Sometimes people look at it and say, so no, I am, I have this, 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 therefore I must be saved. God says, no, you are absolutely, totally opposed to me as the Lord of your life. You are using all these things actually to oppose the kingdom of God. You will not still surrender yourself and come into the kingdom. And you are looking at your righteousness as a means to enter into my kingdom. But you don't realize with all these good qualities, you are actually a rebel and not a child. They are all opposed. Okay, so please understand, in the same manner, the world also will have very lofty principles, but it is self-serving. It is directed at the self. Well, the kingdom of God is the sacrifice of self directed towards God. And since our body craves for the world, okay, before we were born again, they were macha macha, best friends only, soul and body. Because our body craves for the world, and it was made from the dust of this world, it can be maintained by the bread of this world. Do you know that? Your body can be. Actually, Modi says, lockdown is for now one year. But everybody's house, free electricity, free internet, free TV, and bread and vegetables and meat will be supplied. Nobody will have any problems. Most of India will be very happy. Most of India is not seeking about entering into the kingdom of God. Everybody is thinking about what to eat, what to drink. All this tension is about that. If the government can, that is what what US did. Everybody who has ever filed income tax got $1,200. Okay, you can live for a month. Next month, will you please give? If you add to that, we'll, did you see South Korea, one of these nations, which place had the football match in this stadium? The stadium is empty. The two teams are after COVID test, they are playing the game and the entire stadium on loudspeakers, they gave the crowd effect. And the people sitting in their homes and watched. You see, all this can be replicated and most of the people in the world will be okay. 
it will be okay. Because this body was made from dust of this world. And if you give them the meat of this world, this body is satisfied. And that is what Jesus was telling the devil. Man shall not live by bread alone. But every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you will see what is happening now. Why did the crowds follow him? Because he had great compassion. They were simple people. But he was meeting the needs of their body. Body had primarily two needs. One is food. Second is you fall ill. Right? John chapter 6, 1 and 2. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And when a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were deceased. So they followed him. Now we don't follow it so much because there is medicine, there is hospital, there is doctors and advanced really, really. But if medicines had never come to this level, we would be still following faith healers. And the people who go for healing ministry, when, when they come to the end of the rope, when the doctor says, I can't do anything, then we will say, okay, let me try God out. So that's what's happening over there. Then what happened? You will see. The crowds followed him and he fed them. This is the chapter where he feeds the feeding of the 5,000 men and children. Let's go to its parallel portion in the gospel according to Mark. Okay, remember, always have the heart of Jesus Christ, okay? He's blunt speaker about the truth, but he's very compassionate. Mark chapter 6, verse 34 and 36. He had met their need of healing. And Jesus, when he came out, so a great multitude was moved with compassion for them. Why? Because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, what does it mean? He's been teaching the whole day. And they haven't eaten. See, simple people will sit for the word. You know that? They will sit for the word. You have to go and preach in villages and with the poor people. They will sit for the word. And sometimes they will eat their lunch first and come and sit the whole day. And Jesus is looking at them. They followed. And he's teaching them. His disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place. Already the hour is late, meaning they fall. He was trying to escape them, but they were following him. He just wanted some rest, so he came to a deserted place. These crowds followed him. He sent them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. That is when the miracle takes place. Okay, He said, let's feed them. You feed them. What do you have? Realize nobody has one little boy's mama. Yesterday was Mother's Day. His mama was a good mama. Packed her his dabba with him. Maybe he was so enthralled by the crowds and Jesus and all, he forgot to eat. Anyway, one boy's tiffin lunch was there. That became food for everybody. Everybody ate to their brim. Body was satisfied and full. Now what happened? Jesus left. He sent the disciples all away. He went to another place. Now they are fascinated because the two greatest needs of the body has been met. Can you imagine? If the government not only gives you food, it also gives you free medicines. Not Obamacare, let's call it Modicare. 
And imagine, free coverage all your life. You don't even have to hire a car. The ambulance will come and take you for any sickness. Think about it. Free food, free medical care. Healing and food. They were tickled pink. They said, you know what? They all, look at what happens. They got into boats and followed him. Because they wanted to make him king by force. I say, Raja Chaya, this is the president we want. John chapter 6, 24 to 25. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Did you see what zeal? He loves them, he has compassion on them, he has healed them, he has fed them, but he is also true. He tells them, listen to them, in verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. He said, you know why you are following me? You are following me for temporal things. He's telling them, like very I don't think he was shouting or screaming or anything. He was telling them, sadly, like a father to his children. You know what? You're just following me for things which don't really last. Look at verse 27. He's telling them, Do not labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life. See, don't run after these temporal things. Don't run after, go to God for just temporal things. Go to God for things that will be eternal. Don't chase. What is everybody chasing in life? What is this entire chasing in this world? Anything you name it, it is temporal. Where the world is going now. Everything is temporal. He says, don't go after things that are temporal. Live for what is eternal. Now let me tell you why God tells it only to us. Because we were not created like the animals. Animals will eat, they'll go to sleep. They'll go to sleep. I don't think even animals have dreams. Sometimes I feel because I've seen puppies bark in their sleep. You know, we had dogs, the puppies used to bark. So we'll wonder, well, I wonder what this fellow is dreaming. Maybe he was dreaming he was chasing a cat down an alley. Okay, we don't know, but he was dreaming. But what I'm telling you is, animals eat and they sleep. Have you seen NG, National Geographic, Animal Planet and all? After the lions have had a kill and they eat to the fill and they were just lying over there and other deer and buffaloes can walk around. They don't chase them. I'll do what I am full. Go. Polar bear will go to sleep for six months. They eat to live. Live to eat. But we were not made that way. But the devil wants us to live that way. Why is man restless? Show you. Ecclesiastic chapter 3 and verse 11. Man is restless because of something God did to him. He has made everything beautiful in his time, but also he did something. He put eternity in their hearts. And no one is able to find the work God does inside people. In that soul of man, when God, and he became a living soul, he put eternity. Meaning, you were not created for the temporal. You were created for the eternal. So, you know what? What is different about man? 
he is not satisfied with bread alone. He wants toast. And he is not satisfied with toast. He wants butter. He wants jam. Then if you can give him an egg, he will put egg also in between. Then after that he is not satisfied. He wants bacon. Have you noticed with man? Man is not satisfied with food. That is why, because he's put eternity. So, out of the temporal also, he creates so many varieties. No animal does it. No animal does it. Not a single other animal will do that. You give man water, he'll add lime to it. You give him water alone, he'll put two ice cubes into it. Then he'll add other spirits into it. <laughs> You give a, you see animals in the wildlife pictures from Africa and all. They will go drink from any pool. And they will die also of the sickness they get from it. But they don't. They only want water. See, we give our cows and all different things because we are using the cow to milk it. Leave it cow to alone, it will drink water. But we make all my, my grandparents and all of their retire, what all nice, nice things the cows used to get. Because they were the old-fashioned people who lived in the countryside and all. They hated the pressure cooker. They always looked at you with doubt. This is an innovation of man. So when the pressure cooker came to the house, everything was cooked in the pressure cooker for the cow. Gas came in. My uncle brought gas in. Gas. No, no. Because the flavor of fire, no? Fireplace cooked food is different. Nobody eats. Gas was used to cook food for the cows. The cows are VIP treatment. Pressure cooked food on the gas. Grandpa won't eat. Grandma won't eat. We also enjoyed because that flavor of the other food is different. But if you leave a cow to itself, it will eat grass and drink water. So when we feed the cows, all cattle feed and all these things, because we are using the cow for our purposes. And we have spoiled their taste buds also. Please remember this. The human soul is restless about anything. I only started with food. We can take it into any area of our life. It is restless. The mind, the soul, the heart of man. God has put what? Eternity. And there is always this awareness. There is something more than this. Something more to life. There is something more to life. And that's what the industries sell it to us. But the problem is what? Whatever we pursue, we are never satisfied. Because we were made not for this world, we were made for that other world. So whatever happened, so the man who pursued everything, Ecclesiastic chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, you can pursue everything, achieve everything possible within human capacity. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem, vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanities. What is vanity? Wisdom without God, vanity. Pleasure without God, vanity. Success without God, vanity. Wine without God, vanity. Women without God, vanity. He tried everything under the sun without God. Therefore, it was vanity because Solomon, you forgot, you were made for God. And without God, I tell you, Solomon, you can try anything under the sun. Under the sun, you will find ultimately it is empty because you are not an animal. 
You are made in the image of God. Understood? So he was doing it diligently with purpose. When people don't have purpose, Ezekiel 16 verse 49. Again, another way mankind will go. This was the iniquity of your system. 1649 of your sister. This was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride and what? Fullness of bread. Fullness of bread. Abundance of time on your hand. You don't have to work. You don't have to work. Nor are you interested in any charity works. You are not interested in taking care of the poor, the orphans, the widows, the feeding. You are not interested. So what did you go? You moved into one realm called pleasure. Today's terms, you shot yourself with drugs, you tried alcohol, you went to every brothel possible. That's like the Indians, no? They don't want anybody to know, the wife to know you went to Thailand. That is what happened with COVID-19. When the police came over there, that is when the wife knows this man has gone to Thailand and come back. <laughs> Bigger hangama in the house than the police. You told you are going for a business trip to Delhi. You are telling me you went for two weeks to Thailand and came back. That is modern Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you see? The perversions that are taking place. Why? If you do not find God. The human soul is restless. It will try out everything. It is not an animal. Animal will eat. Do you know that animals mate only during their season? Man will mate if given the chance 365 days a year. And many times a day. Why? Because you are restless. You are restless. Your soul is restless. If you leave it to him, he will eat through the day. Even the lion will eat and stop. In Malayalam, we have a term for that, korikua. My brother must be laughing now. He <laughs> said, I didn't eat anything, which is true. All day you've been eating little, 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 little. Things the human soul can do. You know why all this restlessness, the soul? You will not find rest until you find me. That's what God says. It is a dead end. Without God, we will hit a dead end. Okay? Dead end. So please remember, the renewal of the mind has to take place. We have to start thinking in terms of eternity. And a lot of the things we perceive on earth has no meaning at all. Let me tell you. There are people who pursue politics. Not getting into the political field, but politics. You can talk for hours on politics. Let me tell you, is there politics in heaven? No. There is no politics in heaven. One king, that's all. No politics in heaven. We can pursue economics. Stock market and stockless market and everything. Do you think there's economics in heaven? There is, but not the way you think. It's absolutely different economics, it will be. Sports. When people talk about sports, it is professional sports. That is not sports. That's money-making industry. Sports is what we all played when we were children. 
was no money in it. There was simply acceleration. You came tired and tried to sneak in and your mother chased you to the bathroom, shower and get in. Okay, then you ate, he did your homework and you slept. That may be there in heaven. But what you see as sports today is not there in heaven. It is an industry which makes slaves of men and women and children. Entertainment industry. Do you think it's there in heaven? No way, I would say. There will be songs, but not the songs of today. Entertainment industry will be completely different in heaven because you don't need to be entertained. You will be glorified. Media, education, biggest idol in India among Christians, Saraswati Puja. Think we'll be, we'll be pursuing education in heaven? You have to look at all this. You have to pursue something very clearly. All these things you can pursue. But keep God in the center, eternity in the center. Otherwise, you lose your way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When he sent out his disciples, listen to what Jesus said. Matthew 10 and verse 7. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what you have to preach. Not not heal the sick and cleanse the leper and raise the dead and cast out the demon. Why do you need to do all these things? So that they know something. Something is very close. The kingdom. This is all the signs of that kingdom's power. But that is not what you need to focus on. You need to focus on something. The kingdom of God is at hand. Getting the picture? So the soul is now being renewed. Soul has to be renewed. All three. Mind, will and emotions. All three. You cannot be say that I have been renewed in the mind. I have memorized the whole scripture and have no passion for Christ. You are a dead man. A lot of people like that. They know all the scripture. No passion at all. How can we not passionate about this God? Yet that same person is absolutely passionate about cricket. Your entire emotions change. Whole emotions change. And your will is tuned to God's will. Why I am saying is this because you and I cannot strive for the riches of the body. All the things we mentioned is connected with the body, by the way. And the riches of the spirit at the same time. It's not possible. And Jesus made it very clear. No one can serve two masters. It's impossible. We must seek God's kingdom and righteousness first. Then he says, all your bodily needs will be taken care of. I will meet those needs. One of the best lessons of these 50 days is how little does this body need? Right? How little does this body need? Yet, God is literally showing the world how little do you actually, your body really need? Do you understand? How little you need? No? This is what is important. We need to realize because Jesus said it very, very clearly in Luke 12 and verse 24. 
Oh, no, no, not 12.24. Where your treasure is, you... Uh, okay. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Okay? Did you get it? Heart and treasure? Just do a search. Got it? For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. But the question is, how do you know where your heart is? Listen carefully. How do you know where your heart is? Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. But how do I know where my heart is? Simple. Mind, will, emotions. Check where your mind and your feelings are. That's where your heart is. Check the thought life. Check what you think most of the time. As simple as that. We know our heart on the basis of our thought life and our emotions. Our emotions and our thought lives are always connected. What we think is what we feel for. What we think so much is what we are feeling, whether it's negative or positive. What we think so much is what we feel so much for. So you know where your heart is and where your treasure is. And the truth is, if you read the Bible, look into lives, there are very few who treasure the kingdom of God so highly, they are willing to give up everything they have and forsake everything to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus never ever changed the nature of the kingdom of God. And he put it through so many ways in so many parables. And I simply sometimes wonder, how is it possible that people who say they are Christians, born again Christians, filled with the Holy Spirit, can read these same scriptures and not be convicted? I'll give you one. Luke chapter, sorry, Matthew chapter 13, 45 and 46. Because these are all things that drove me crazy when I was young. Parables in a good news Bible. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. All that he had. Okay. He's saying, there are people in this world who will give everything to pursue something their heart is after. And if you think my kingdom is not worth more than that. He says, do you really think you have understood my kingdom? Are we getting it? Check our thought life. I heard Pastor Vijay saying, which is true. But that's also because we are preachers. Okay, We are preachers. But I guess even if we are not preachers, once our life changed, we dream scripture. Dream scripture. We wrestle with scripture in our minds. And yet we look into other preachers and other men of God, past and some present, very few present, but many in the past, we realize, will we be ever be like them, Lord? 
will we ever be able to come anywhere close to this cloud of saints which have gone before us when man is in his last stages? Imagine with this titanium rod in his spine, traveled three quarters of a year all his life with his incredible pain. What did he? What did he do? You think it was for money? Do you think it was for fame? He asked, you asked Rabbi Zach, what pushed you? He said, the kingdom of God. I considered it worth more than my life also, my health also. If he was willing to pay that kind of a price for me, then how can I keep anything short from him? That's what you have to look at. The kingdom of God and the person of God are intertwined. They are one and the same. And we have to ask these questions. What am I thinking? What, what does my mind dwell on most of the time? Didn't I tell you don't worry about life, things of life? I will take care of you. Would you please think about me so that I can think about you? I said I will take care of you. All these things shall be added. Everything we want. And we saw how beautifully he has been added. It's taking care of us. We saw how easy it is for him. It's not difficult for him. Our thought life. Have you noticed? Christians, believers. All these messages are for Christians, believers. All believers have very rich thought life. All Christians have very rich thought life. If the conversation is on earthly matters. But if the conversation changes to spiritual things and the things of God, you will suddenly realize they lose interest. They lose interest. We are not talking about the world here. We are talking about regular church goers. Get five of them together and you start discussing politics. They will discuss politics and talk about KCR and Uttam Reddy and this thing and politics and sports and movies and everything for hours together. You try to change the subject together and start discussing the Bible. Five minutes, six minutes later, they will excuse themselves and get up and go. They are not interested because their thought life is being revealed where their heart is. The heart is very clearly in the world. Very clearly. Not on wicked, evil. That's not what God is talking about. It is not talking about evil or wicked things. It is talking about if the kingdom of God is within me, there is an entire realm within me and that realm should grow and take over me completely someday. It should keep growing and pushing the world out. Stay out. Stay out. I will deal with you when I have to. I am not interested in you. When I have to interact with you, I will interact with you. But right now, I am focused on the kingdom of God. So when you go to work, you go to the world, you focus on your work. But as soon as your work is over, if you are an IT company worker, you get into the cab, you're back to the kingdom. Back to the kingdom. Back to the kingdom. But even in the companies you work, you go with the kingdom with you. So when you are having coffee at the coffee machine and you are sitting, the Spirit of God will say, go back to your desk. You are representing me here. The break is too long. Go back. Go back. You will hear very clearly. Go back. Now, that is not good works. That is faith life. Please understand that. When you are supposed to do something, you don't expect to get a compliment for it. 
you have to turn around and say, yes, Lord, that's my duty. Remember duty, the parable? I said, if you look at the thought life of Christians and their interests, you rarely see they are consumed by the kingdom of God. Yet everybody is hoping to go to heaven. Can you imagine if I lived my life not consumed by the kingdom of God, not really interested other than twice a week and all. What a boring place heaven will be for me when I reach over there. I am telling you, some of the mystics who saw visions, they say there is a place for saved people like that in heaven. It's extremely boring. They say the whole color was shades of gray. You believed in my son for your salvation. After that, you were not interested. So I have a place for you here for eternity. All shadows of gray. You're not in hell. I don't know how true it is, but a lot of people say it. You can love that. Because you were never interested actually in the kingdom of God. You just wanted to escape the consequences of sin, which my son paid the price anyway. That is why we need to understand you know, this kingdom of why would God talk about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom and salvation and the price he paid if it is not an all-consuming thought for God. If it's not an all-consuming thought for God, should it not be an all-consuming thought for me? So that the kingdom of heaven starts defining the way I live, I walk, I talk, I think. This is what life is, right? That's why, remember on Mount, Sermon on the Mount, if you go to chapter 5 again, he climbs up the mountain, the disciples come to him, and he opens his mouth, and he taught them, saying, and he pronounces the first blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the Question is, do we ever acknowledge or are we even aware of the poverty of our spirit? Poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What a blessing. He turned the entire law upside down. You see, when John the uh, Baptist sent, he was in prison, everything changed suddenly for John in one day. He sent his disciples to cross-check, are you the one to come? Or should we wait for another? Jesus sent a reply in Matthew 11 and verse 5. This is the reply he sent. The blind see, the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel. See, this is simple. Only the poor will accept the gospel. Whether it is materially or spiritually. You can be materially poor and spiritually rich. They will not accept the gospel. My way still. Others won't accept the gospel. The gospel is aimed clearly to the poor. That's why the first blessing that is pronounced is, Blessed is the poor in spirit. And what is theirs? The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is yours. You see, to receive 
and let us use this term bodily term to own the kingdom what do you need poverty of the spirit we can own the kingdom because by owning the kingdom god loses nothing because it's a realm that's why trump doesn't spend so much money on advertisement all he sends is a tweet all the news media is after him he gets free advertisement what does it mean cnn nbc fox anyone he owns the media without paying a pie god says do you know you can own the kingdom by being poor in the spirit these are things when we read the bible we have to be convicted and go back to god lord lord i'm hungry lord i'm thirsty lord i'm not satisfied i'm satisfied with everything lord but i'm not satisfied with you lord more of you lord john chapter 7 verse 37 jesus finally went for the feast remember he hid his brothers wanted him to go he didn't go they went later he went hid for many days on the last day the great day of the feast jesus stood and cried so this feast goes for many days first day second day third day fourth day fifth day sixth day okay how many days it was whichever feast it was i can't remember which feast if it is the passover and the other it is a eight day feast okay so one day two day three all the religious celebrations the crowds in the temple and everything wait till the last day and the last day he said are you still satisfied by all your religious activities Is still anybody not satisfied? You are thirsty. Come to me. Come to me. All those who are not satisfied by religion, please come to me. On the last day, he stands up and says, "Come to me. If you are still thirsty, I will give you to drink." Are you? Are you? Are you still thirsty, Solomon? Are you still thirsty? You tried all this, right? Are you still thirsty? Yes, Lord. Come to me. You are David's son, anyway, right? Come to me. Now I will fill you. I don't know whether he went. Do you see? The invitation is to the weary. All your weary and heavy laden, come to me. The invitation is to the thirsty. After seven days of festival, are you still thirsty? Come to me. The invitation is to those who want to abide with him. What do you seek? Where do you stay? Come. Come. We have to look at it. That is why we always have to. Don't do religious activities with the word of God. The word of God and the God of the word has to become one. It's a living book. You can have an entire activity with the word of God and miss the God of the word completely. constantly constantly lord i'm hungry for you i'm thirsty for you even when you're listening to a preacher that's what lord speak to me through that person you'll never get tired you'll never get tired of the word of god because it's life who gets tired of life let the cm say tomorrow from 6 let us forget 6 what time sun rises 6 in the morning 5:30 5:30 in the morning till 9:30 in the morning all children are allowed to go and play you will see the 
field will be crowded. Every child will wake up. Because what? Playing is life for them. God says, what is your life? What is your life? In the parable of the sower, Jesus said in Luke 8 and verse 11, Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. What is the seed? He is using parables to explain deep truths, okay, to the people. What is the seed with the sower sowed? What is the seed? Word of God. Now listen to another parable. Listen to what he says. In Matthew 13 and verse 13. This is the parable of the tares. The field is the world. And the good seeds are? What does that mean? The word has become the person. The word has become the person. That's exactly should be the end of our life. The word birthed me. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. What was he? The word walking in flesh. What are we? Flesh without the word. And the word came and birthed in us. And as we the word grows in us, God should be able to say that is the word that has become flesh. Entire flesh has been taken over by the word. The seed was the word of God. Now the sons of God are, is the word. It has become the same. This is what salvation is, the complete total renewal of your soul. You think as God wants you to think. Not that you think like God in its totality but in your life Whatever you are placed in, whatever family you are placed in, whatever relationship you are placed in, you are learning to think as God would think. The word has become the son or the daughter. Why? Because every true son and daughter of God are hungry for righteousness. And they know this is the word of righteousness. They are aware of their spiritual poverty. Aware of spiritual poverty. It is only to those people God can teach. That's why you always went up to high places and the crowd stayed down. What are they waiting for? The need of the body. He will come later and see. He loved sick. They will wait there. When is he coming? My papa is sick. My wife is sick. They are waiting. Up there he is teaching. They won't go up. Like people in the church. What time will you finish? 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 As if you got something important to do at home. Go home and watch TV. You know, in higher education, when you go to postgraduate and above level, no, when we go up there, there are certain professors who do that. Okay, because attendance is compulsory. You need eighty percent attendance. No, there are certain professors who are—they're uh, honest, incredibly good professors, but they're also tough. And they mean what they say. You know what they will say? They will come and say, okay, take your attendance. And it's all numbers. No, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, eight, eight. Okay. And then he says, no, all those who are not interested can go. I've already given you attendance. And people actually go. And then he's got an audience who's actually interested in the subject and he gives his heart out. You want your attendance, right? You just want to get into kingdom, into the heaven, right? Got your salvation? Take it and go. Rest it there. I will teach you. That's why I like this 50 days. Because nobody knows who is listening. And all those who are hungry are listening. 
all those around the world. And I said, but just say maybe once a day they all wrote saying, please do not stop. Today, from all corners they wrote to me saying, please teach in the evening too. I said, okay. There are people who are hungry. There are people who are hungry. Lest of them what want? What do they want? Attendance. Take your attendance and go. And the rest, God says, I will teach you. I will teach you. Please understand. Do you know which professor started this practice? John chapter 6. There's a professor called Rabbi Jesus. He started this practice. Chapter 6, verse 66 to 68. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. You know why? Because they didn't like his teaching. He said, okay, you're free, go. And verse 37, Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Got your attendance. You want to go, you can go. No compulsion. No compulsion. And then, Simon Peter gave the only answer that makes sense. Why you continue with Jesus. Why you continue on this road with discipleship. You continue on this road where God, word of God, the spirit of God will continue to teach you constantly. What is that? Lord, whom shall we go? There's nobody else we can go who has the words of eternal life. Nobody else has. This is not a PowerPoint presentation, how to prosper in the world, two words and three words. This is life. That's what my one of my, I still remember my MA class, um, Professor Balakrishnan coming and saying, listen young people, let me tell you the difference. In physics, you major in physics, you learn physics. When you major in chemistry, you learn chemistry. You major in mathematics, you major in mathematics. But when we teach literature, we teach you life. Literature is not a subject, it is life. So listen carefully. And I still remember, it was life. That's why the world is not changed by scientists. The world is changed by ideas. Ideas and ideologies. And the greatest ideology ever presented was by Jesus. Repent. The kingdom of God is coming. When it comes, every ideology will be smashed to ground. Nothing will be left. So if you're really smart, believe on an ideology which will cancel out everything else. The smart ones choose the kingdom of God. So we should have a tag. Be smart. Choose the kingdom. Because ultimately, every idea will be crushed. That is the rock. Never get an is the statue. And crushed into dust, the kingdom of God will come. Nothing will be left. And all those who are smart will invest in the kingdom now. And think, getting rid of every ideology. So he says, you have the words of eternal life. And listen to what Jesus says in 69 and 70. Also, we have to come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay? And Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And one of you is the devil. He knows. One was chosen to be the son of perdition. Have I not chosen? Have I not? Did I not? Choose. Choose. They called the chosen. How do I know? You know. That we have crossed the trajectory of call to the chosen. How do you know? Because now we are after the word of life. That's how you know. 
He knows anybody. Who, he or anyone knows whom he has chosen. That's not the point. God knows. My point is, I want to know, am I chosen or not? Am I still in the called category or am I in the chosen category? How do I know? Because after everybody left, and 11 people leave the 12th one, stay back saying that, we are here for life. He said, you are chosen. I chose you for life. That's how you know. There's a hunger for the word of life. You realize what the word of God really is. Philippians 2 and verse 16. Holding fast, what? The word of life. ये साधारण वाक्य नहीं है, ये जीवन के वाक्य है। This is the word of life. What do you eat? Hold fast, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. He's telling. What I gave it to you is not a sermon. What I gave it to you was not a PowerPoint presentation to how three steps to success in your company, four steps to healing. What I gave it to you was life. That day when I real Christian, I see a lot of you are over there. I will know I did not run in vain. There are many others who are partakers of that same life here. This is the kingdom of God. And someday, people who are hearing, a lot of them, oh, I was so excited this morning to hear the new ones who came to the Lord. New ones who came to the Lord in the last 10 days. Young ones came to the Lord. Hearing clearly from the Lord. I see this thing. I see this thing. Absolutely God speaking to them through their situation. Somebody who has been in the kingdom of God for 7 days or less than 7 days. God is speaking to them from the book of Isaiah. Can you believe it? I can believe it. God speaks. But do you realize it? I said wow. Wow. But that's what excites you. You know that they are on the road to discipleship. They are on the road to discipleship. It excites you. These are things we need to question. Lord, am I excited? Am I excited about you? The oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job, the first book. And this is a man who went through trials like no man's business. I mean, I don't know anybody who can lose all your family Imagine losing all your children in one accident. I met a very, one of the multi-billionaires of India one day in another country. He was sitting with him because he had come to commit suicide. Why? Because he lost his only daughter in an accident. I talked him out of it, showed him the gospel. No, he was a Hindu, devout Hindu and all. But he thought he would come to this country, go to his five-star hotel room, pop some pills and die. The agency that brought him invited him for dinner and invited me for dinner because we knew each other. And said, could you please talk to him? He's very depressed. And if any man should have killed himself, taken his wife's advice, it was Job. Lost all your children in one day. Lost all your property in one day. Lost everything in one day. You know what he says? Why he came through stronger at the end? Job 23 and verse 12. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. 
That was the reason he said, that's why God was absolutely sure. He told Satan, go check him out. You can do anything, just don't take his life. You can do anything to him. Because I see his inward reality. He has treasured my word more than anything else. He will come through. Because my word will come through anything. The word is eternal and I see that in him. You can test him out. He will not fail. Where did God's assurance come from? What did he see in Job? That gave God the assurance Satan can test him in any way and he will not fail. He saw his own word in him. He's the power of Because his word had become life for Job. This is what the kingdom of God is. All in you ones listening to me. This is what it is. You have to fall in love with God. That's what happens to people when they fall in love. The entire mind, emotions, will is directed towards one person. And they can stare in space for hours together. You will know they are thinking about a person because every five minutes they will... (gasps) Meaning, I wish I was there. That is how early church Christians were... (sighs) And now you are coming. I am thinking of you. Not because of my problems. Because I am crazy about you. That's the message for tonight. Tomorrow night, tomorrow morning, we'll get back. But let me tell you, if you're not passionate about Christ, you really have not been passionate about anything. (laughs) The one passion that can sustain you here and eternity is only one passion. That is passion for Christ. Not that movie, but the passion of Christ. Most people don't have the passion for Christ. They have a fashion for Christ. Fashion. Twice a week, once a week. No passion for Christ. Ask God to really baptize you with His Holy Spirit. Over and over again. Over and over again. Until your, your entire soul, your thinking is transformed. You can memorize the entire scripture without your thinking being transformed. Please remember that. No, I am not talking about it. Your thinking is transformed by God. Remember, you already have it in seed form. Know that you have the mind of Christ. Let it grow and take over your soul, your emotions and your wills. Shall we pray? Father, this evening, we just thank you, Lord, 11th day of this fifth month night. We thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. If your word says, and your word is true, the thoughts that I have towards you cannot be counted we come before thee and we repent, we ask your forgiveness because the truth is Lord for so many of us our thoughts towards you can be easily counted because the fact is Lord in our day to day life we rarely think of you you don't consume our thought life while we consume your thought life First, Father, we want to ask you, Lord, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. That in our mind, in our thoughts, you are not preeminent. Our life is not about you. Our life is often about us. We are still serving self in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I pray that there will be a constant change in our thought life. Our mind our emotions, our desires, 
and our will will be tuned to you. It will be about you, it will be of you, and it will be for you. Then truly we will know the kingdom of God is expanding and growing in us, taking over everything. Then truly there will be this expectation in us and we also will be able to cry like the saints that have gone before us. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. To that end, Lord, we commit ourselves and all those who are hearing, we commit ourselves, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Be with your dear ones who are listening, the new ones. Pray the hand of God will be upon them. You will protect them. You will bless them. You will keep them close to you, Father. And I now take authority in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I once again, I rebuke the spirit of infirmity that is floating around all the nations. But Father, you have given us authority only over your people. We take authority and we command this coronavirus to leave the bodies of your affected people, Lord. Leave now in Jesus' name. Speak your word, Lord. Let it go forth and heal them. Let breathing be normalized. Let an infection, whatever is in the lungs, let it go. Let people pick up their mat and they walk. Because the body is for the Lord. The Lord is for the body. And we are one with you, Lord. We are one with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Everyone, all your children, whichever part of the world who is not well, who is hearing, I speak the word of healing into their bodies, O oh Lord. Pray they will receive it by faith. Put a hedge of protection around all your children, Lord. Let every wicked eyes that are seeking them be blinded. Every wicked ear that is listening, tapping lines, trying to find out where your children are hidden in secret, let the ears be blinded. Let all the gadgets be destroyed, O oh Lord. Your children will live in safety and no harm will come near their dwelling places, whichever part of the world they are, especially all around Middle East, O oh Lord. They will dwell in safety. Because the Lord himself shall be their shade and their shelter, their shield and their fortress, their buckler. And you will spread your wings over them and cover them, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Meet your children who are struggling at their point of need, Lord. You know them, wherever they are, Lord. We may not know, but you know them. Stretch forth your hand and meet them at their point of need, Lord. You are the same God. Your compassion has not gone down a bit. When you saw the crowds, you had great compassion on them, Lord. In your compassion, reach out and touch them, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. By faith, we enter into your rest. And we just want to thank you, praise you, worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.